This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 443 and I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Now we're starting slightly later in the week and we're doing another box set series so we're keeping it short because there ain't many days left in the week. We're doing the Count Yorga collection. We're doing the re-release Count Yorga collection as recently released by Arrow Video, who did the previous one, I want to say it was like mid-2010s, was it 2016, maybe 2015, they released that original collection, they have updated it in, let's be honest, what should have been 4K UHD, but I believe these were 2K scans, but from 4K restorations, which the mental gymnastics that my brain has to do to try and work out why anyone would do that, is quite frankly hella puzzling but having owned both sets now I can say that this is the best the movies ever looked it just kind of feels like we should have we should have just had that 4k UHD I'm not entirely sure what's going on unless Arrow intends to release it in 4k UHD next year and let's be honest at this stage anything's possible you know, they could be doing anything. Who knows? Who knows? Who actually knows anything? So yeah, we're doing the two movies this week. Today, Count Yorga Vampire and The Return of Count Yorga will be dropping on Sunday, which will be a final episode of the week. Teapots Collective this week will see where to begin with drop its long, long, long awaited episode. And I believe on Sunday, you might be, because I'm supposed to be recording on Sunday, the Opera Omnia season finale for Alex Garland, myself and JP will be finishing out that discussing the movie Men from last year. So that's the plan. Everything goes according to plan. That would be great. So let's say it will. If we put positive vibes out there, then it most certainly will happen. Speaking of things that most certainly will happen, a review of Count Yorga Vampire will most certainly happen after promos for shows that I love and the trailer. I'll be right back right after this. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com. The Psychosemantic Podcast.
there are mysteries in the world of which we know little. Strange, frightening, whispered from generation to generation until they become a scream out of the past. becomes a mistress of the death master, sharing his hunger for souls, his thirst for human blood. Enjoyed your little joke last night, Doctor. But as you can see, tonight is mine. Colonel, you really are a vampire? Yes. that shapes them, the blood that feeds them once belonged to others. Driven by the forbidden cravings of another world, they band together as his slaves. It happened to them. It could happen to you. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So, oh, let's do this, shall we? The Count Yorgot collection has recently re-released and updated by the fine folks over at Arrow Video. Now, we had already mentioned in the intro why this one is not in 4K UHD is a bit puzzling, but then I've given up trying to work out why anyone does anything. Uh, let me give you the details for this one, which will be most likely repeated on the Return Account Yorga review on Sunday, but the product overview for this one is Restored, Rejuvenated, Reborn. By the end of the 1960s, the boom in old world gothic horror had begun to wane in the face of present day terrors like the Vietnam War. In response, American filmmakers brought horror out of the past and into the present, and the classic movie monsters packed their bags and headed for the new world. Count Yorga Vampire was among the first to successfully transpose the classic vampire cloak and all to a modern day setting as the Count played unforgettably by Robert Quarry arrives in the United States and sells in his Southern Californian mansion with his mysterious brides. A drive-in favourite from the moment it was released and a sequel soon followed, the return of Count Yorga ups the ante and sees the sardonic Count on the streets of San Francisco, his sights set on an orphanage as a potential source of sustenance. Director Bob Kilgen, who would later go on and do Scream, Blackula, Scream, delivers a one-two punch of classic cult cinema, mixing chills, thrills, style and suspense with a knowing wit that revels in the genre trappings. Presented in all new restorations by Arrow Films, from new scans of the original camera negative, the Kemp Yorga collection is a full-blooded feast to die for. So yeah, these are both 2K restorations by Arrow Films um, of both Count Yorga Vampire and The Return of Count Yorga from <laughs> new 4K scans from the original 35mm 
camera negatives. So yeah, 4K scans retrofitted to 2K restorations. Okay then, um, as we're seeing on the Count Yorga Vampire disc, you get a brand new audio commentary by film critic Tim Lucas, an archival audio commentary by film critics David DeVille and C. Courtney Joyner, uh, The Count in California, a brand new appreciation by Heather Drains and Chris O'Neill, I Remember Yorga, a brand new interview with Frank Darabont in which the award-winning filmmaker talks about his love for Count Yorga Vampire, a Vampire in LA, a brand new interview with actor Michael Murphy, Fangirl Radio tribute to Robert Quarry, an archival episode featuring host Jessica Dwyer in conversation with Tim Sullivan filmmaker, Yorga fan and friend of Robert Quarry, the theatrical trailer, radio spots and image galleries. Before we talk about the movie, um, the special features are the tits on this one. Um, I'd seen the movie a couple of times before, so in my viewing of this new scan, I actually had the Tim Lucas um, commentary on for the full thing. Lucas is fucking great. Like, genuinely one of the more knowledgeable, sensible uh, voices that can do commentary. So whenever his name pops up in anything, you know your boy's going to check it out. And I'm telling you right now, it is worth the price of admission. Um, yeah, he's, he, like, he knows his shit. You get some really interesting stories. And it was cool seeing it paired up with the new presentation of the movie which i'm just going to lean into this as well while we're talking about things that are not the movie um this movie looks i mean it already looked great the previous arrow release the movie didn't look its age at all but at this point here with this movie being what 52 years old you would not fucking know it is insane how good this movie looks i don't think Yorga ever really got credit for for being as well shot and well maintained as it was. Um, it's aged really fucking well, like really, really, really well. So that was awesome to see. The new featurettes on here are really fun as well, quirky. I, I mean, they're, I'd seen the featurettes for the previous release, and this one adds to it. So it was, it was kind of cool to see that. I have yet to sell off my old version now that I have the new version. I probably will do that somewhere down the line. But yeah, when you're hearing like Frank Darabont, a director I love, um, talk about his love for the movie, and I kind of love this one as well, if I'm honest. It's why it was successful in its summer series bout for 1970. I know some people still think that was a misstep. I don't. I think Count Yorga is kind of fucking great. And even more so, this being the first time I'd seen it in a few years, uh, especially with the new print as well. It just felt like an event. Um, the movie itself is excellent in some respects, puzzling in others, but it's only when you really know the story behind it that it actually makes sense. Originally, the the director, um, Kelgen, had um, he'd come from making, like, porn. <laughs> And this was his second feature, which was originally supposed to be a soft-core porn horror movie. And ultimately, a lot of the a lot of the lady soft-core porniness was removed for the final cut in order that it would get proper release in things like drive-throughs, where it would have a bigger audience. And I think that's a smart move here because I think. Not that I don't love me some skin flicks, but I think a lot of those scenes would have distracted from actually how ahead of the curve this is. Now, I've heard the case put forward that if it wasn't for Count Yorga, we wouldn't have movies like um, Blackula, or we wouldn't have movies like Martin that take the idea of vampirism but bring it into the modern day setting. You have to remember, up until this point, with the 
40 odd years of vampire movies, they're all period pieces, they're all set in or around the time frame of the book, and that I think that on some level is why the movies kind of overstayed their welcome and became kind of exhausting. The, the simple idea of changing time frame, which I know nowadays is just what every movie does, it's like, let's set it in the 80s, let's set it in the future, let's set it now. Um, those conversations weren't really being had, and as a result, Yorga is a, like a movie which has all the trappings of the kind of 60s, but a kind of modern injection for a brand new, brand new decade, and... It's hard to say if it is as influential. It certainly opened the door. Could another filmmaker have had a similar idea in or around this time? You could argue the case that Dracula um, 72 AD, I mean, is is one such movie that kind of rejuvenates as well. But then it came after. Granted, not hugely after, but it did come after. So... Is it a case of that idea took a while to get off the ground um, and was probably in development at the same time as Count Yorga? Maybe. Or is it a case of Count Yorga comes out, actually does relatively good business and then all of a sudden your filmmaker's going, oh yeah, we can do that as well? You don't know. I would argue that Martin feels like a movie that would have been made regardless if this movie had come out. And the fact that it deals, once again, with a, a degree of... Um, kind of forethought ahead of where the genre would go uh, bringing in the idea of what if vampirism is something that exists in your head um, as more a kind of psychological condition than anything else um, kind of almost removes it from the idea because Yorga here is Dracula for all intents and purposes you know what I mean he is like he wears a cloak he looks you know he has the, the whole shtick that Robert Quarry employs here is, is Dracula Martin isn't Dracula yeah, like, you know, Romero was fucking around with the idea of black and white and all the rest, but it ain't Dracula. It's a vampire story. The same way that his fucking Night of the Living Dead isn't White Zombie. You know, it's, it's his story. It's what he's doing with it. Um, Yorga, like, I like the performance by Robert Quarry. I think he handles it really, really well. It has a kind of, they describe it as a sardonic wit, and I think that's right. He plays the role very sober, and it's no tongue-in-cheek here either. I think he's got a good on-screen presence. I wouldn't rank him in my top five Draculas, but I think he, he handles the role uh, with a degree of seriousness that I think it had been lacking. You've got to remember, at this point, Christopher Lee is playing Dracula, but he's... <laughs> He's, like, making statements to Arrow at this point. Like, I will do your movie, but I will not speak a word. And they're having to capitulate with him. Um, and Hammer are basically saying, you know, okay, to get him in the movie because that's what's going to sell the movie. So, you know, th to see someone kind of at least revel in the role, it's kind of fun to see. Like I said before, it's shot really, really, really well. Some of the camera angles are surprisingly ahead of the time. Some of the setups and compositions may be less so. Some of them are a little bit rough and ready. But I love the camera movement in this one. I love the choice of angles. I think it adds to it. There's an eeriness that comes out of the way the movie's lit at times, which I think also kind of leans into that. The rest of the characters are relatively forgettable, but... There's no really bad acting here. There's no exceptional acting, but there's no bad acting as well, which kind of helps it. 
There's nothing that's remarkable about it, but there's nothing I'm sitting there going, oh my God, why did you cast that annoying person? That's not there either. I suppose the big thing, and I had never really thought about this until this viewing through, and it's something that um, Tim Lucas mentions, and once he mentions it, it's kind of in your head afterwards, is the surprising lack of score in this movie. There isn't really a score, and whenever music comes in, it doesn't feel like a composed piece for the movie. It kind of sounds like B-roll that's been written for a different movie that she's been put in here. And as a result, I actually think some of the scenes are surprisingly more tense because of the lack of score. It's a movie that is predominantly scoreless, and as a result, you have a lot of just sims. Which might sound dumb, but... Once again, the Hammer, Horror, Dracula movies were all about leaning at that score as much as possible. So it's kind of weird seeing that also kind of feels like something different as well as the time period and the setting that the movie's doing as well. It's kind of leaning away from that. It's not surprisingly gory, and yes, there are scenes where you can clearly see they've been chopped down um, to reserve a huge amount of titillation that would have uh, uh, been... Uh, in cinemas had the sex scenes there's a lot of cameras where a woman's like like loosening the top and you know the titties are about to fall out and then all of a sudden we're in a new scene and you you can imagine that that scene probably went a bit longer but it just didn't make the final cut um so i found i found those kind of interesting as well it kind of once again, the Hammer movies aren't doing that. By 1970, Hammer movies are all about the tits. So, like, the fact it's, it's difficult to find a seat where there it isn't, like, a pair of tits just on the screen. So, once again, it kind of feels like the movie's trying to do something different. Even though it is essentially just a retelling of the Dracula story, but in a modern time. So, I, I kind of appreciate that as well. It's doing a lot of cool things. Um, yeah, I, I think this movie is one of those ones that actually deserves the title of cult classic. I, I, you know, it did well at the drive-thru. I think it was vastly forgotten for many years. And through Blu-ray, Blu it's getting a brand new audience and brand new appreciation. And rightly so. I can see why a lot of filmmakers, you know, are quite high on it. Because it does feel like something that is breaking the mould of movies to that point. And that's important. It influences a whole new generation of filmmakers to go and try something different. Um, yeah, Count Yorga, Vampire, uh, gets a 4.5 from me. I really like this movie. I really, really like this movie. I don't like the sequel as much, but I think this holds up really well. I think the arrow print is lush, although I think they, they should have just done the thing that we know they're going to do in a year's time. Um... But yeah, it works for me fully, and I, I, I really enjoyed this. I'm kind of kind of excited to get to Sunday's review and do The Return of Count Yorga, a movie I've only ever seen once. So, um, and that one ain't got a Tim Lucas commentary on it, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It does have an interview with film critic Kim Newman. I think it's an archival one, and I will listen to Kim Newman read the phone book. It's totally entertaining. So there we go, a 4.5 out of 5 for Count Yorga Vampire. I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, I'm closing the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs.
And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 443. We've reviewed the first of two movies in the Count Yoga collection as released by Arrow. This is the re-release and not the original one. This is the brand new 2K restoration release. Sunday we'll be doing the return of Count Yorga, which is the second and final movie in that box set. There is a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under stairs. Wherever you listen to us right now, subscribe, and that way you get all the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue. We have a sister feed, the Teapots Collective, where four shows are housed that are about to come back with the thunder, ladies and gents. That's Opera Omnia doing the nasty chronicle and where to begin with. Um, you can find all of them on our website, teapotscast.com, as well as Jaws' Shite, another regrettable outburst, a booze-based banner entertainment podcast, featuring myself, The Baz, and Scotland Liam from Scotland Liam vs. Evil. I'll be coming back in a couple of weeks once Liam is back from his Malaysian stay for his delayed honeymoon, uh, delayed a year. So uh, I'm looking forward to having Liam back and hearing all about Malaysia, all the stuff he got up to with his lovely wife and all the other stories of shenanigans that the rest of us have been up to, which hasn't been jet set into Malaysia. Jaws is shouting another regrettable outburst, exclusively available on teapotscast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to interact with me, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast gets you the podcast under the stairs. Teapots Collective can be found at facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. And lastly, Jaws's shite can be found at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. If you want to interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, the Instas and the Twitters, at teapotscast for both, if you will. Podcast Under the Stairs returns for you on Sunday with the return of Count Yorga. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off. <laughs>